So let me get this straight. You sold a business for $5 million and the next week you started a new business that's about to make a million dollars. Yep. You're listening to the Next Generation Podcast, weekly interviews with the most interesting and successful 20-somethings out there. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode. We have on John Rivera. John, what's going on, brother? Not too much, man. Not too much. I'm happy to be on the show. Yeah, man. We're happy to have you. And for anyone listening right now, basically, I was up in, Gio and I were both up in Dallas last week and talking to our buddy Steven, and he was like, you know what? You got to go and talk to John and grab lunch with him because he is like right around your age and doing some crazy stuff right now. Uh, and after having lunch with John last week, we immediately said, hey, listen, like, let's just record next week. We got to get you on the podcast. And so my goal, like I just said to John earlier, is like, if this episode is half as good as that lunch conversation was, I think people are going to be pretty blown away. Um, but so I hope that's not overhyping it. Uh, but I think, John, if you want to go and kind of kick things off and give people like a super high level overview on who you are, a little bit of your yeah. background and some of the businesses that you've already started and even sold. Yeah, definitely. So I guess just a real quick start. You know, I grew up in, I guess, the traditional lower income family home. Uh, uh, you know, whenever we first moved here from New York, when I was five, my mom left because she was just, you know, uh, terrified after the towers fell. Um, we we're literally sleeping in like a one bedroom apartment with, with, uh, some sleeping bags. So I was very entrepreneurial as a kid. Um, uh, I remember growing up like, you know, five, six years old, I was, uh, you know, selling my toys at garage sales, trying to, you know, just make a couple bucks and, uh, you know, upgrade to the next toy, right? Um, when I was like 13, 14, I started a yard service company where, where, you know, I was, uh, you know, so, so actually I had noticed that one of my neighbors, uh, you know, cut grass. So I sold all my toys and bought a lawnmower and, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, immediately just started cutting grass. So I could make a couple extra bucks. Um, and it turned into this whole thing where I was like servicing the entire neighborhood and I had routes and, you know, people calling me on my phone, on my family's phone anyway. Right. Uh, cause, uh, Cause, cause, cause everything was still landline then, right? Um, I, f- I feel like you know you're gonna be super entrepreneurial when you sell all of your toys for a lawnmower. Yeah, you're so like, you're like <laughs> mom, mom, I don't even want the Legos anymore. I want to cut grass, mom. Exactly. It's like, it's my Legos are your dream, mom. I want to cut grass. <laughs> exactly. That's 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 really how it was. That's that's exactly how it was. And and my parents would get annoyed because they'd start getting call after call after call for me to go cut grass at some guy's yard. It'd be like during the week, late at night, whatever it was. And uh, finally they were like, dude, you're gonna have to get like your own phone. You know, so I ended up putting the landline in my in in my uh, bedroom so that I could just answer the calls from my household. <laughs> I love that. Was, was that kind of the moment when you decided like, hey, I'm gonna do, you know, my own thing to make money or was it still kind of an experiment with trying to figure out if you could be profitable and make money on your own? So it was definitely an experiment and it was more of like me just trying to like, you know, pay for like little necessities that I needed throughout life. Right. Um, you know, like, you know, a lot of my friends had cool clothes and, you know, the new shoes and all that stuff. And I, I, I didn't really care about that stuff, but I wanted to kind of look a little bit better than I guess I, 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 uh, did. Right. So, um, I still ended up going on and like working for somebody else for, for a couple years, um, like in mid high school. Um, I ended up working for a Jiffy Lube, um, and this is where, like, I guess I really learned that I had some sort of sales ability or something like that, or, or you know, being personable or something, right? But, um, but I uh, started working at this Jiffy Lube, and my and, and, and the service manager just one day, uh, he was actually a good friend of ours. He went to high school with us and everything, but he just walked out. 
you know, and uh, I'm like sitting there turning wrenches in the bay and uh, and um, and a customer comes to me and like, hey, there's nobody up there to like check us out. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I jump up there and I'm like, hey, why didn't you do the the radiator flush or the tire rotation or all these things? And I just start like selling them all this other stuff. Well, next thing you know, at the end of all of that, uh, or, or, or sorry, so at the end of that day, we had like a $300 ticket average in a Jiffy Lube, which, which is like $20 oil changes typically. Right. Um, so, so you're the reason now why I can't go and get my oil changed without getting upsold on, <laughs> on different products. Yeah, I guess so. Hopefully. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so uh, kind of like I was telling you all last week, though, um, we uh, or so so all of a sudden the general manager comes down to like check in on the store a couple weeks later because we're doing amazing numbers. I've been running this place, me and my best friend from high school, I've been running this place for for you know like three or four weeks now and uh and he walks in he's like where's y'all's manager and i was just like oh we haven't had a manager in three weeks i thought you knew you know um and uh he's like well who's been closing out the store and who's been doing this and that and that but i was already doing all that uh even even whenever i was working with uh or 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 like when the manager was there because he was lazy and he just had me do it on the way home or something and are Um, you like are you like 17 when you're doing this too like 17 18 years old yeah, I was like 16 or 17 doing it. And like I was in an entrepreneur class, so I had half days. Um, so I was there for like 60 hours a week already. <laughs> Jesus. And so you took all these sales skills because I remember when I was chatting with you last week and you were kind of running us through how all of your businesses work. The commonality across all of them is that you're just good at sales. Like you know how to go and sell people. And I do think that's like fundamentally one of the most important traits to have when you're running your own business. So talk to us now. At this point, you're finishing up high school. You decided you're not going to go to college. Instead, you're going to go and start your own business. And you decided to do what animal removal, like an animal removal company. Yep. Yeah. So, so it was an animal removal company. Uh, basically, we'd go in and we'd extract all the rodents from people's homes by sealing off all the entry points, going through a trapping process, and then going through a decontamination process. And so, you, you had learned a lot of this though too from working at a similar company in the past, right? And you've kind of scaled yeah. them out or. How did, how did, how did that work in terms of working there and then, you know, branching out on your own? Yeah, definitely. So I worked from, or so, yeah, so I worked for another animal removal company, uh, here in the Metroplex. Um, and, uh, and, and actually it's kind of a funny story. I kind of, you know, went in there and just applied for like a labor position. Cause I was kind of like really down on myself after getting fired from like another sales job that I actually sucked at. Um, and, uh, and, um, and they were like, dude, you have this 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 resume that you've been selling for 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 years. You're gonna be a salesman here, you know. So they kind of picked me up out of the dirt and was like, hey, you're gonna go sell. And and uh, and I went and just started selling. And uh, they were doing, you know, somewhere around ninety to a hundred thousand dollars a month. And all of a sudden, within like one or two months, they'd gone up to like doing close to like one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. So I was like closing all of these, you know, leads that uh, that uh, they're going to. I took them from like a thirty to a fifty percent closing ratio. Um, just, just in the first couple months. And then from there, um, it just kept going up and up and up and I ended up bringing in salespeople to train under me and, uh, becoming their sales manager. Um, and, uh, and then they wanted to open up Austin branch and a Houston branch. And I jumped over there and started doing that. So I took their Dallas branch, um, from doing a hundred thousand dollars, uh, in less than a year to doing $400,000. I took their Houston branch, uh, from doing uh, zero to be, be, because they were non-existent to three hundred thousand dollars a year, um, or, or sorry, a month, and then I took their Austin branch doing the exact same thing basically. So 
I was gonna say three hundred thousand dollars a month versus a year is a drastically big difference. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, so so that makes a ton of sense why you wanted to go and start your own business. You're like, okay, I'm crushing on the sales side. I know how to go and get orders. I know how to go and upsell people. Like you've got that perfect storm there. But I think anyone who's starting their own service and like small business right off the bat can kind of attest to like, you're doing a little bit more than just like the sales work once you get started. Like I know Gio yeah. and I, we just, we bought this whole storage facility we were telling you about last week. And like, it sucks. Like, like, like when we had to go and set rat traps and then I caught a rat and I was like, Holy shit, like I do not like like grab like a broomstick and like push it into the trash. Like were you actually on the job sites doing a lot every, of like the dirty work every day? Yeah, so for the first six months I was doing or or, or sorry, so whenever I was working for somebody, no, I was just selling, right? right. But for the first six months of, of, of my own company, yeah, I was I was in the nitty gritty, you know, getting dirty every single day and uh I didn't even know how to produce. I I pretty much made it up as I went, you know. Um I like knew the materials that they were using and some of the things like that. But I remember buying my first 40 foot ladder to get to like the, like the peak of a home, um, to seal off this squirrel hole. And I extended it all the way to 40 feet. And I'm like at the top of it shaking, you know, I'm shaking and I'm trying to like grab my tools and I'm hugging this ladder, you know, like, like as tight as I can because I'm just terrified. Um, talk about learning so. on the job. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely learning on the job. So how did that transition from working, scaling out this other company like crazy to then saying, hey, I'm going to go out on my own and start this from scratch and see how large I can do it by myself? Yeah, so my boss, um, he was he was like, so he was just kind of crazy. He, he relied a lot on substances and, and, uh, and like he would fly out to like Florida for, for two weeks and then come back and then... Uh, he was just, he was, he, he was 24 and he was a millionaire. So he's kind of crazy, you know, um, you know, a lot like, so I guess not like me at all, but, <laughs> but I mean, really, yeah, I mean really the exact opposite of me. Right? I, was about to, he, I was about to say, Hey, like not to jump to conclusions, but like aside from yeah. the crazy part, like you're kind of fitting that profile as well. So exactly, exactly. So, so, so I guess he just didn't know how to deal with it, you know, or, or, or like how to run it or whatever. And then he was you know, hooked on drugs. So, so, so basically he just came back from vacation one day and he's just like, Hey, I can do your job. And he just literally fires me. Right. Like just right That's then crazy. and there. And I'm just like, what? Like I was, I was shocked. I thought he was joking or something because I'd been making like, like I'd been making him a killing and he's like, Nope, get out. So I was just like, all right. So and I leave. You take, you take, her. you take all the standard operating procedures, the sales skill, but like, like the clientele base that you know, and you go and set yeah. off to go and do the same exact thing, but on your own. Well, so actually, he didn't really have standard operating procedures, and I didn't even know about standing op you know, standard operating procedures. I feel like until I was halfway through 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 my first company, you know. So uh, it was it, it was really a, a giant shit show that was just revolved around me, right? Um, at the time, and it was kind of weird because I was just always you know going from Houston to Dallas to Austin, Houston to Dallas to Austin, putting out fires left and right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I just, um, kind of started my own at that point and that's a whole nother story as well. Um, uh, so I, uh, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with myself for a while, you know, and I'm kind of like, you know, really thinking about it. And then I create this, you know, really crappy business plan after like, you know, kind of thinking about it for a while. And I start walking into these business owners' offices and just and just handing it to them, 
you know, like, hey, you know, you need to invest in this company. It's going to be big one day. I have this huge. Not to cut you off, but like, are these random business owners? Like you're going to like a strip mall and going into like, like, I don't know, a a laundromat or something like that. Like, like, paint a picture of that. Yeah, 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 definitely. So like, I was like going to like, uh, uh, so like. AC people, or it's like HVAC guys, plumbers, um, restoration guys, stuff like that. And I'm just like walking past like, 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 like the people in the front office and, and just like trying to find like the owner's office, you know, and like, like go straight to him because I knew if I talked to the receptionist first, she'd be like, yeah, we can try to like set something up. I'll, 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 I'll give it to them. And they're just laughing at me, you know, and like kicking me out of their offices left and right. So did um, you ever get that investment? Yeah. 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 So I did. And, and, uh, well, so it was after I got kind of down on myself again and I started, you know, applying for jobs on, on, on Indeed. And, uh, I applied for a project management position that I was like way, way underqualified for. And I just like cold called this guy and was like, Hey, I see you got this role open. You know, I can fill it. I can, you know, do it. You can train me how to do all, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, uh, and, and he just, he like starts laughing at me and he's like, He's like, I don't know what it is about you, kid, but I like you. Come into my office. And I go into his office. It wasn't for like a formal interview or anything like that. Um, but, uh, but, but, but he was like, uh, we, well, 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 we just started talking. We figured out that I couldn't do anything for him. I was way, way underqualified for any project management part of what he was doing, right? And I didn't want to just like go do labor. Um, and, uh, and, um, and, after talking for a while, he's just, he, he kind of discovered I was trying to start my own thing. And he's like, well, do you have a business plan for it? And I was like, yeah, I got one in the truck. And I like run out, grab this coffee stained, you know, horrible, like, you know, child's play business plan. Right. And, uh, go back into him and, 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 you know, start trying to sell him on this idea. Eight hours later, after talking, he writes me, you know, a check for my first five grand of a total of a $50,000 investment. No um, way. That's, yeah. that's a badass story. And yeah. so like, I don't even know if you actually gotten into like the nitty gritty of the actual business now at this point. Like, you know, we talked about you shaking on the top of the ladder, of course, but like you then yeah. went on to run this business for, was it five or six years? No, two and a half years. Oh shit. Two and, so, okay. Gotcha. Cause yeah. you worked, you worked in the sales job from like 18 to 21 and then two and a half years. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. but you scaled it up pretty damn quick if I'm not mistaken. Do you want to talk around some of the numbers of the business? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so really jumping into it, uh, my first month, uh, we did $35,000, um, which, which, which was like a huge number for me. And, you know, most of our, and I, and our profit margins were around 50%. Um, and, and that's, that's huge because that's not even just necessarily 35,000 that, you know, you're taking home like a 5% commission check on that's 35,000 yeah. that you're taking home $17,000 on. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and I mean, from there, I pretty much told, told Jonathan Yerby, the person who gave me the investment, right? I said, Hey, uh, I don't need any more money. You know, I was like, uh, but, 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 but I still gave him the 50% of the company for, for exchange of his initial investment. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, I don't need any more money. You know, I was like, we have this thing locked and loaded already. So I ended up like, you know, getting all the better tools that I kind of skipped out on the first time and, uh, kind of getting everything that I needed. Right. And, uh, and the first year we went on to do, uh, $440,000 in sales and still kept that 50% margin. Damn. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. But this first six months was just all me kind of 
you know, working Grinding. by myself, uh, you know, shaking on ladders by myself, going to sales, going to, uh, you know, trap checks and, and sealing off entry points and doing all that type of stuff. And you just sold the business this past year, right? Yep. And can you say like how big you guys were when you sold or what you sold for or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, so in 2019, we, we did $1.9 million in sales. Um, we kept that 50% profit margin still. Uh, uh, and then in, and, and then the first part of 2021, uh, cause we only did four months of 2021, uh, we we're on track to do 3.7 million. Damn. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then that's whenever I, I, I completely sold at that point. Um, so I sold it for $5 million, uh, which is, which is, I felt like a lot at the time. I was like, holy cow, that's crazy. Like, like I didn't think that I was going to get anything close to that. <laughs> That's a phenomenal scale up. Was there anything in particular that you think stood out that let you hit those drastic numbers year over year? I know you talked a lot about SOPs and sales. Was there anything specific that stood out to you as, hey, once I implemented this, it was night and day difference in how the business operated? Yeah, definitely. So we were the only uh, company in the entire Metroplex that would offer a lifetime guarantee. Um, so everybody else was offering you know, these one year, two year, maybe 10 year guarantees. But when you really got down to the nitty gritty of it, it was like only on the entry point that the rodents, uh, or, or, or sorry, that the, that the company sealed off. Right. Um, so if it was a brand new entry point, they wouldn't, you know, honor their warranty whatsoever. But, uh, we kind of came up with a different concept that if we go in and we seal off everything from the very peak of the roof, all the way down to the base of the home, that, uh, we could, you know, feel comfortable giving a lifetime guarantee. So that's kind of the approach that we came and put on the industry and, uh, and, and we only had a 2% callback ratio. And you also, you also, if I remember correctly, had like almost like an insurance kind of, uh, payment. So what was it a hundred bucks a year or something like that? Yeah. So we would do an annual inspection. It was a hundred bucks a year to do that annual inspection. And, uh, and, um, and, 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 and then pretty much, you know, if a hundred people did it, right, we had, we had what, 10 grand. Um, and then we would have 2% callback ratio. So two of those people would call back and we could fix their rodent problem for not even, you know, a quarter of that. <laughs> That's not bad at all. The one question I have here in the story is like, you know, you went from sales job where you got fired because the owner was a little bit crazy, trying to figure out what to do next. Sell like, you know, pretty much selling yourself to like any like service-based business who like might want to go and invest in you. And like when I hear this story, I'm like, this is an insane tale of how somebody who essentially went from like good at sales to millions of dollars in his bank account because he was able to go and you know sell himself right, put in a lot of work, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the one thing in your story that I actually didn't even realize when we chatted last week was like you gave up 50% of the company early on. Like, and you yeah. know, at the time, I think hindsight's always 2020. Like you can never really know what the right answer is looking back because maybe that's yeah. what really gave you your confidence to go and get after it in the beginning. But like, would you say looking back on it, you regret giving up that much of your company or do you think it was still the right decision because you might have not done it otherwise? So I definitely wouldn't have done it otherwise, I don't think. However, um, uh, something that we kind of skipped over was that three months into the whole uh, deal, I bought ERB back out. So I bought them out for $20,000 three months in. Oh, perfect then. Yeah. Okay. yeah. the best <laughs> 20 grand you've ever spent. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the <laughs> cheapest 20 grand I ever spent. <laughs> I was going to say, 20, you spend 20 grand up front, you save $2.5 million down the line. Exactly. Exactly. So sorry that I skipped over that. That was a major, uh, you know, a major 
you know, a major thing that I skipped over. <laughs> but, um, but, but, but yeah, so kind of jumping back, like, like, so back to your question though, um, uh, that's, that's, that's what made me the most nervous, you know, initially was that I didn't like, like, like I had made and, you know, had saved up like, you know, 50 or 60 grand working, working for that other animal removal company, but I was scared to, you know, to, to risk all of that. Right. So that's why I kind of set out to find an investor. Um, and, but hindsight 2020 is, you know, now I wouldn't ever go look for an investor to start a business. <laughs> I feel like it's helpful to at least go down that path once realize you don't need it now. Right. And now you can right. kind of do it on your own. I'm, I'm curious because you, you did bring up your previous boss that you said had millions of dollars in the bank account. And because he was 24, it didn't work out too well, but you're yeah. kind of in that same position, right? What did you do with the money that came in and how did you manage to, I don't know, what did, what did you spend it on? Like, what are you, what are you using it for right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, so I guess the biggest thing that I did with it was I had really, um, you know, tried to invest it properly in the sense of, of, of just making sure that I had some sort of passive income in the future. Um, so really kind of put it on retirement, put it on making sure that my new company superior attic, you know, is taking off properly. Um, and, uh, and, 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 uh, you know, I, I'm looking to put it into a little bit of real estate. I think that's a really big thing, but really, I feel like I haven't had the money that, that long. So I, I've, I've kind of still been weighing out all these different options on like how to invest it properly. Understandable. Now, when, when did the, so you sold, when, when did you get the offer? You said it was about four months into this year of 2021. So like April, 2021, mm -hmm. when did yes, everything sir. close? Like when did like the money hit the bank account essentially? Yeah. So that would have been in, I think it was in May. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was, so, so sometime in May, money in the bank account, you're like, ooh, like a little retirement, like a little mini vacation or something yeah. like that. Treat, treat yourself to something nice for dinner. Um, yeah. Now, my follow-up question is, when, like how soon after, you're, you're currently running another business that's on a $1 million yeah. run rate for revenue. Like, like we saw the numbers the other week. How soon yeah. after did you start Superior Attic? Have you closed on everything in May? So I started planning it like a week later. Um, <laughs> I was so bored. I was so bored already. You know, I was, I was like, like trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And, and, uh, you know, I kind of like taken like a little mini vacation for a couple days, but I didn't even really want to do that. I wanted to go start another business immediately. So let me get this straight. You sold a business for $5 million and the next week you started a new business that's about to make a million dollars. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you dive into what the differences are between maybe the two companies and some of the pros and cons between them as well? Yeah, definitely. So it, so so the biggest difference is is that uh, Superior Attic is now a sub based company. So all the labor comes from subs. Um, we have project managers, and then we have sales guys. Um, or we'll be hiring our first sales guy in the next two weeks. Um, uh, as far as Critter Stop goes, or sorry, the animal removal company goes, um, uh, uh, that 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 was all basically in in-house labor. So it was all people that we hired. Um, I I was the salesperson, but I was also uh, the um, project managers for a while. Um, so kind of just I guess going a little bit more in depth on that now. Uh, whenever everything's in-house. 
you have much more opportunity to make a larger profit margin. Um, so for example, with Critter Stock, we were doing 50%. With Superior Attic, we're only at like a 20 to 23% uh, profit margin. But um, it, sounds, however, it sounds like you like this business better though, right? Oh, I love this business way more. I think it's a lot more scalable, number one. Um, and then number two is, is uh, I don't do anything. I don't really. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. But, but so before I just let you get off of that answer, like how is it more scalable? Like why, why is this one more scalable than the other one? Yeah, so, so it's more scalable because I don't have to have uh, uh, the labor basically in, in, in-house, in number one, right? So, uh, so I interview subs, I bring them in, the subs do the work, and I have a project manager that runs the subs, right? Um, so um, I can have as much labor as I need, it, you know, basically as quick as I can interview subs. Um, and and just, just for anyone listening who doesn't understand the term, sub stands for subcontractors, essentially means... John goes and bids on the project as Superior Attic, and then he actually outsources all of the work to somebody else. Is that essentially it? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And then, and then we just have project managers that 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 uh, look over the project and make sure that it's getting done properly. So I feel like one of the biggest issues that you'll read about now is everyone kind of complaining about labor and employees, and it's really really difficult to get good people to do the job. How are you making sure you have people showing up, right? And like you're, you're, you're competitive on bids and people are doing the work that they're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. So I shop everybody in my industry every quarter. Um, I make sure that people, you know, come out and give me bids on absolutely everything. So number one, we have great guarantees. Nobody all of a sudden has a better guarantee than what we had. Number two, uh, we're offering great products. And then number three is that we're offering it for a great price. Um, but I think the other thing with that is just having really good salespeople, um, as far as, you know, building value and selling goes. Um, and then, uh, as far as the labor goes, um, I don't know, subs are a little bit different, right? Cause subs are kind of like running their own business. So we're not talking about an employee that, you know, is getting paid hourly or daily or anything like that. Um, but a sub essentially runs their own business. So they want to look good too. Um, and the other thing about a lot of these subs is that since they don't speak good English, they don't really get like the, like, like, like the, like the, the opportunity to get in front of the sale, like, like the same people that we can get in front of. Um, so a lot because of them are just, like that sales charm, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess they don't have the sales charm. Right. But, uh, oh, it's, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, and then, you know, also people tend not to, you know, trust people that don't have all their ducks in a row whenever they show up, right? So um, a lot of the people that I've noticed, like, you know, on Craigslist or something like that, which is like where we go to find our labor, you know, uh, you know, a lot of them don't have marked vehicles. A lot of them don't have, you know, all the sales tools that you may need to, you know, try to sell a $10,000 installation job like we sold today. Um, have, you, have you had any issues with subs in the past? Um. Honestly, I think we've been pretty lucky when it comes to subs, um, but we're also really, really thorough at like interviewing them and making sure that they have uh, maybe good referrals or making sure that they have good, good, um, you know, just, 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 just good histories within themselves, right? Um, so we probably have 10 to 11 subs right now, and, and uh, we actually did fire one today now that I think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so never mind. We can jump into that if you want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so, so this sub just showed up to a job today and, 
uh, I guess Blake, my production manager, has been 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 fighting back and forth with them because we send them a job, we tell them how much they're going to get paid on it. Well, this sub uh, comes in and then he tries to say, oh, uh, you know, I didn't know about this. We're going to charge you more for that. We're going to charge you more for this and charge you more for that. So um, finally, Blake was like, you know what? I have enough with that. I'm just going to, you know. Right. And how does that work for the, the homeowner, I guess? Are you saying like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to be a day a day late now? Or how do you kind of manage the expectations there? Yeah, definitely. So the biggest way that, that uh, we've started to manage them is that we give people like a week uh, time frame that, that basically we're going to be there to kind of get the job done. Um, well, sorry. So I guess I worded that wrong. We give them a week and let them know, you know, when, you know, what week this job is going to be scheduled for. And then uh, as we, you know, kind of approach that week, we let them know, hey, we're going to have somebody there Monday and Tuesday uh, to get this job done. Um, so lots of times day one, whenever they show up, uh, we're, we're, we're making sure that they're comfortable with the job. We're making sure that, that, you know, everything was, was basically accounted for, right. Um, and that materials are there and everything like that. But then if we have a job that walk or, you know, a sub that walks or a sub that we don't want to do this project. Uh, it kind of gives us a little bit of a cushion to either, you know, bring another sub in, which right. since we have so many subs, we can bring them in or we, uh, or, or it kind of allows us to, um, to uh, you know, just walk in there and really just be transparent and say, hey, look, like the sub didn't work out for us. And this is all basically attic insulation. Like that's like the kind of the core bread and butter of what you're doing right now. Correct. Yeah. So it's all going to be attic insulation. We do spray foam as well. Um, we actually do radiant barriers and solar fans as well. So really, it's energy efficiency for the attic. Gotcha. So, and, and I was just gonna quickly say, like, from a comp standpoint. You mentioned before, whether it's the salespeople or the project manager, you pretty much have just a flat rate across all workers, right? It's like 7%, right? Like if they go and sell a $100,000 you know, job or something like that, that's probably unrealistic, yeah. but like $10,000 $10, jobs th throughout yeah. the month, that's $7,000 in their pocket. Yep, exactly. Cool. That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. And then same thing with production. Production gets paid 7% as well to produce the job. Cool. And who's the actual customer? Are they are they noticing? Hey, you know, I'm spending too much money on heat. Or what's what's the actual value prop for someone that is hiring you? Yeah. Um. So, uh, really, it's going to be people that have either either noticed, yeah, like hot and cold spots inside their home, or that they are getting a super high energy bill. Uh, this year, we've had a lot of people already that you know have said like like, hey, we had rodents last year that you know urinated and used the bathroom all over our insulation we need that stuff replaced so um so it's kind of weird because it's kind of like a similar you know industry i'm like oh i shouldn't be talking on this too much type deal <laughs> and you're, you're like oh let me talk to you about my pest control business that can also help with that you know like you see john up there in the attic installing a bunch of stuff and they're like i right, make the hole for the rat over there so we can upsell them in six months time right <laughs> no, I'm, I'm messing, but well, like so when I'm, when I'm hearing your story right now, I think it's crazy because you're 24 years old at this point. You sold a $5 million business. You started another one. And like you're showing that like with just good craftsmanship, good business operations, like the right practices, you can scale a business pretty damn quickly. Um, and obviously, you're quite good at what you do. The thing that comes to mind for me, especially after the conversation that we had earlier on this call, is like you grew up in a very, like, like you said, low-income family. Like you and your mom, like you know, you were in a one bedroom apartment for a little bit growing up, you're like selling your toys to kind of like, uh, upgrade to other toys and things like that. Like, you didn't always have the lifestyle that you have right now. 
And so I'm curious, like, how has your family reacted to the success you've had? And has it, like, you know, changed any of your dynamics there? Definitely. So I don't think that a lot of my family uh, has yet realized the, like, like kind of the success that I have had, right? Um, you know, like, I still go around the, you know, like, 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 for Christmas or whatever, my grandpa's like, uh, like, uh, hey, when are you going to catch that possum in my backyard? I'm like, grandpa, that's not that's not what we do, man, exactly, but whatever, like, cool, you know, so, like, a lot of them haven't really, uh, so, like, my mom passed, uh, before I sold the company, so I don't think that she realized, you know, to the scale that I'd grown that company, especially since they're back in Austin, um, and then, uh, and, 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 yeah, uh, just, just, you know, I've, I've, I've been really quiet about it for a, for a while. So, with that, with that in mind, then, like, I, I don't know any of that kind of background, like, what yeah. keeps you motivated to do what you do? Is it just, like, out of pure, like, love for, like, starting businesses and growing companies? Because, like, I know definitely, like, for a lot of people and entrepreneurs out there, like, they love, like, the whole fi- family dynamic of, like, being able to go and, like, leave a legacy from that standpoint with their family. Like, is it definitely. something different for you? Um, yeah, I think I just have always had, like, a drive for, for business and, and, like, like being an entrepreneur. Um and 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 i really do enjoy like talking to like my friends and my family and you guys and you know uh you know as you know i just started a twitter and like 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 i have a huge passion about that right now like like being able to kind of like help other people and you know show other people that hey you know i started my business with no college with you know with 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 you know what what i would consider like very little you know business background right um and I was able to pay myself the first month. And same thing with Superior Attic. You know, Superior Attic, uh, the very first month that we opened, uh, we did um, we did like seventy k. You know, and then and you know, and then the second month That's was seventy three k. And last month we just closed out at eighty k. Jesus. Yeah. So, um, and and then today we did sixteen thousand dollars today alone. So, you yeah. That's awesome. Good for you, man. Yeah. So I think for like you know. I think I just like sharing my experience and sharing that like, hey, I think that a lot of people can make this jump, you know, if you're being realistic about it anyway, right? So you didn't go to college, but you do have a child on the way. Yeah. What, what What's your ideas around that? Do you think you're going to push them to go to school? Would you rather have them kind of go into potentially the family business or figure yeah. it out down the road? Yeah. Um. So my wife and I argue about this a lot because she did go to college, right? Um. So, so I think that she sees the values, you know, in going to college, uh, right out of high school. Um, but I don't think that I see the values going immediately out of high school. Uh, you know, I think that like now I want to go back to college, but it's more just to like show like, Hey, I can go to college and you know, like I want to learn and, you know, kind of figure out, I guess, uh, you know, what that life's like. Right. Um, but, uh, I think for my son Grayson that it's just going to be based on the child, you know, if, 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 if he's not very entrepreneurial minded, um, you know, I'll probably, I'll probably try to gear him towards school or, you know, something along those lines to kind of help him figure out, you know, where, where he wants to go in life. Um, but, uh, but, but if he is like anything like me, I'm going to embrace it like crazy. He better own a company by 15. You know? <laughs> Minimum. Yeah, yeah, minimum, minimum. He's gonna be running a company. <laughs> that's that's funny. I agree with that. Like to to a degree, I would say like let people make you know the choices that they want to make wherever they're happiest. But 
if your ultimate goal is to go and run your own company, like unequivocally, I would say that college is not necessarily indicative for that. They're very good at like getting people jobs and like teaching you the skills that you need to go and like work in the corporate world. Like that's, they, they kind of cater to that standard, but it's quite difficult to go and convince people like to go to a school, follow a set of rules and then go into a career path where it's like you have to now create the rules, right? Like they're two Absolutely. completely different things. I agree. I agree. But, and, and uh, well, I was just going to say like from talking to you last week though, like you mentioned that you would go back to college because you want to learn and you want to get that education. But like, you seem to be learning far more than most people I know. Like maybe I misheard you when we were chatting before, but like you listen to an audio book a week. Is that, that's, did I hear that right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I try to listen to audio book a week besides last week I was listening to uh, money masters and uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was 24 hours long. So I couldn't finish that one in a week. It took me two weeks, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um but 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 yeah, so I do try to like educate myself a lot by myself and I think it's cuz I'm trying to make up for the fact that I didn't go to school, you know, so I'm trying to like, you know, really learn you know, learn all the financial terms, learn all the, you know, like like the in and outs of the stock market and stuff like that. And then I go and I sit down with people that are, you know, uh that have gone to school and a lot of them i'm like oh y'all aren't doing that i didn't know that <laughs> yeah, like, for, you know, i thought y'all knew this stuff you know i feel like that's but, one of the, the the biggest differences right is you're you're purposely going with with the idea that you want to learn something and i think there were plenty of people in school that like that was not their goal right they're, they're not going into the classroom or, or going to school every day to learn something which we, yeah which is kind of a wild concept but I, I would not be surprised if you know significantly more than the average uh, undergrad student. Yeah, I'm. Absolutely. I'm curious now if someone's listening. They're in their twenties. They say, "Hey, I, I want to go start a you know pest control company, an insulation company," and they don't really know the industry. Yeah. You know, is there any sort of guidance in terms of what else you'd be working on now? How you would start this from scratch if you didn't have the experience, or what would you recommend? you know, someone in that position should start doing if they want to, you know, go down your route at some point? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that the biggest thing is like working for, for, for somebody else for a little while, um, in whatever industry you're thinking about. Um, uh, there's so, so, so actually right before I started, uh, Superior Attic, after I sold the company, I went and I worked with a buddy of mine, uh, Mason, and he owns a painting company. Um, which is the same exact business concept as 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 the one that I'm doing with with the insulation company, and I just wanted to you know learn what he's doing a little bit, right? So I worked for him, you know, basically with him for him type deal um, for for maybe a week or two um, while I was kind of starting this, and just 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 really learned you know the backbones of his company and like how it works. Um, now I think that that's a little different because I had you know a little bit more business experience than than you know somebody starting from scratch but uh but i definitely think that they should go work for somebody for just 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 a couple weeks you know and learn that industry just a little bit and then just jump on their own thing and do it yeah well said and if they did want to go and get into the space i mean we're hearing all of the money you're making from you know animal control kind of stuff like and also uh how much you love this insulation model are there other specific like SMBs that get you really excited? Like when you were when you were finishing yeah. up your sale and you were like you had a couple different options to choose between attic insulation and a few other ones. I mean, you just mentioned painting there, of course. 
But yeah. what else kind of gets you really excited that you think, hey, drop drop Superior Attic today and I'm immediately going to do this next? Yeah, Concrete would be the next one. Wow, you yeah. had such a quick answer for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I just saw a tweet yesterday. It said Concrete is the number two most consumed material in the world. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I didn't know that at all, but that's crazy. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it at all. That's crazy. What, what does that even mean? Like, like when you're like, I would do concrete, like what, in, like installation, like, yeah, I don't know, but I just got quoted yesterday or no, two days ago on concrete for a shed that I'm building in the back here. I'm gonna keep some of my like toys in it and whatnot. And, uh, and, and it was like, it was like seven grand for a 20 by 25 foot piece of concrete yeah I mean, kind, of, kind of like an hour ago we were just going through concrete bids we got a we got a 26 grand quote so we're like oh okay but we got a 26 grand quote and then a 47 grand quote for the same job it's yeah that, that, that sounds like insulation <laughs> pro pro tip for anyone hiring contractors ever just get multiple quotes you'll realize that like everyone's so different like we had some guy come and pressure wash our facility the other week uh, everyone else was bidding like 2000, 2200, 2500, like whatever it was. And like, you could tell it like the thing's never been pressure washed in 40 years. So it was yeah. gross. And this guy comes in, he's like 500 bucks. And we're like, sure, <laughs> go for it, buddy. Uh, and and the, the dude was like, oh, yeah, it should only take me like five or six hours. He was out there for four days. And I was like, he's like, I severely underbid this job. We're like, yeah, but we appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other tip there is probably don't go with the cheapest one though either. We, we, we had to end up uh, paying them a little bit more, but like the differences in quotes is yeah. drastic sometimes. Someone will always underbid your job. Oh yeah. That's what I've learned. <laughs> but so all right, so so you got concrete because high average order value price. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are always going to need it just based on how much concrete's already out there today. What else do you have? Like, what else gets you excited? Um, landscaping actually. And I have a buddy that's getting into it and there's a lot of money in there. Um, as well. I mean, uh, I got another quote actually, because we need landscaping from very, like in our front yard. And it was like, it was like 3,500 bucks. It's going to take the guy like half a day. I'm like, man, I, I should do that. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's easy. And I could hire that guy to do it. Right. Like, I mean, it, and, and, you know, the guy had his like daughter with him that was translating and everything. And I was like, man, if, if, if somebody came to me as, 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 you know, a company and was like 3,500 bucks, right. I'd be like, yeah. Or like even four grand. Yep. I, I, I definitely do it. Right. So, um, uh, another one that I thought of too, um, was actually in the medical industry and it's, so it's, so, so it's alternative medicine and this is my far off one. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. But like men's testosterone. Right, like that's a really big industry. That's yes. the whole. I've been seeing a lot of that kind of stuff. It's like the uh, testosterone replacement therapy stuff. Yes. Yeah. The, so there's there's a big company out there right now, at least from what I've read on Twitter, that's doing a lot of it right now. Where essentially they'll send men tests at home. You can go and test and see if you're wow. low on testosterone, and if you are, then you know you go and get their whole subscription thing. Yep. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews about it. I've heard people say. It's amazing. I'm lifting more. I'm feeling great. High energy, like all this kind of stuff. And yeah. I mean, a lot of people will be like, "You are messing up your body big time if you start taking this kind of stuff too early." So yeah. that one, I get a little back and forth on because I bet you that there's certainly a ton of people who definitely need it. And then the other half of my mind is like, "Yeah, but I don't want to really mess up with someone's hormones, you know, like yeah. or like change any of that kind of stuff." But yeah. why? Where did you hear about it? 
Um, so actually, we were so Buddy and I were looking at franchises. Um, oh yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. For the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's one that just kept on popping up, and they're talking about that that uh, you could do four hundred thousand dollars a month. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just heard of this one franchise. I was talking to some guy down in Miami like uh, eight or nine months ago. So I guess I didn't just hear about it, but um, he was saying that one of the most profitable franchises that he's heard about lately is in the chiropractor space where it's like a SaaS model for chiropractors, right? So basically it's like, hey, you go and pay $99 a month, $199 a month, whatever it is, and yeah. you can go and get unlimited, uh, like, what is it? Like, check, um, no, like, not a tune-up, but like essentially a tune-up on your body. Uh, yeah. I think it's like called an alignment or something like that. And, uh, and so they go in, they crack you a couple times, uh, like 20 minutes in the chiropractor, and then you're out of there. And he's like, yeah, these places are printing money because people, you know, everyone's got back pain. You're like, you're sitting at the computer Absolutely. for 12 hours a day. And, uh, you know, you hear $99, basically like this free, like back cracking service. You go yeah. like two or three times a month, whatever, but like it prints money. That, that's genius. <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send you the name if I can figure it out after this call. Yeah. The, uh, the VR ones are pretty interesting. I don't know if they make money though. I've seen a couple ads on like, you just go in with a bunch of friends and you all get like the VR suits. It's, you got like. The running things, I think you have the yeah. like the headset. I only see the blooper reels on the meme pages <laughs> on Instagram for those things. I don't, I, I don't know, if, I don't know if they're profitable, but it kind of seems like it'd be a blast. Or at least five, ten years out, yeah. I can't imagine. Like, I think those would be a good time. So I did one the other day at a place called Andy B's here in uh, Denton, or, or uh, so it's a couple miles from me in Denton, and uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, but there was nobody else doing it. It was really weird. Really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was empty for for hours. I wonder if I wonder if COVID has just like ravaged that place. Probably. So, Probably. are you, is is your goal right now to also start another business on top of the one that's running because you're able to not spend so much time on it? Yep, absolutely. So, like right now, I'm probably spending I would say thirty to forty percent of my time uh, with this company, um, and the rest of my time. Uh, I'm searching for new businesses and new business ideas, but I'm trying to look for things that are a little bit more passive to me. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Yerby, actually, which we're still really good friends, uh, he owns uh, Restoration One of Southlake, and uh, he chased a storm in Louisiana last last week, or sorry, last sorry two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, and it was just the tail end of it. Well, he needed a two hundred thousand dollar investment, so. Um, so we gave them the $200,000 and we saw a 17% return in our investment and, and, uh, in, in almost two weeks. So, damn, that's yeah, cool. so those are the deals that I've been looking for a lot, uh, lately, but I've been looking at a lot of real estate as well and, um, stuff along those lines. That's interesting. And, and what's, what's like your overall long-term goal? I mean, like you do this, you do this for a couple of years, let's say, now you're 30, you've got a portfolio of a couple different like SMBs, maybe you've sold a couple more, but for the most part, maybe they're just running profitably in the background and like you don't have to manage them that much because you've got good people in place. Like, is there a step beyond that or is this like just what you're, you love to do and you just want to do this stuff for the next 50 years? Definitely. So I have, I have, so I definitely want to do this stuff, you know, like keep doing this, right? But, um, but I think that my overall, long-term goal is to keep helping people, you know, kind of like myself whenever I was young, you know, start, start small businesses. Right. And, uh, and then help grow them really quickly. Um, I feel like, 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 like I've really developed a passion for that. And I constantly have people that are, you know, friends of mine that are calling me or texting me or, 
you know, or I'm meeting somebody at a bar or something like that. And I'm just like, you know, or, or, or we just end up connecting and, and, uh, and, and, and I kind of end up walking them through like, 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 like a plan to scale their business at some point or something like that, you know? So, um, so I think that's, 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 that's really my passion. And that's kind of, you know, where I think that I'll see myself going in the future is just helping people, you know, kind of say, Hey, you know, I am an entrepreneur and I want to make that jump. Um, and I think uh, that's one of my favorite, favorite things kind of about this podcast and other podcasts is like, it becomes so much more relatable when you hear about like you doing all of this right now. It's like the kid that, that kind of thought about entrepreneurship was like, Oh, I like, this is like accessible. It's going to be difficult, but it's, it is within grasp. If you kind of, you know, do everything properly and put in the work, it's not an outlandish idea. Um, and and sorry, just to piggyback on that though, like, you made five million, like you made more than five million dollars in two point five years, but you sold a business after running it for two and a half years, and that's just in your market, really. So, like, realistically, somebody can go hit you up after this on Twitter or whatever, and be like, "Hey, what's the playbook for this?" And obviously, then you sell them your two thousand dollar course. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding, but uh, no, no, no. So they say, they say, "What's the playbook for this?" I'm based here down in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, let me know how I go and do this. You basically give them like you know the the quick pitch, and they can go out and just hustle and grind for two to three years, and maybe not get the same results. Maybe maybe get the same results, but for the most yeah. part, they can pretty much definitely make money if they do it in a certain way. There's there's almost no way that you can start a company in the service industry and not make money. That that wow that is, that is where I'm gonna go with that. I mean. Even Dude, if you don't make at- don't make me pull up the small business em- employment stats throughout America. <laughs> there are some John. Even- I think you'd be surprised. There are some very incompetent people out here who are very good at not making money. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that I so so I guess that was probably a shots fired too. I didn't mean to do it like that. <laughs> but 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 no. Like when I really really think about it, um, you know, so 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 it's superior attic, right? Um. Whenever I first started like like selling, I was I was nervous. I didn't know the pitch yet. You know, I like I didn't think about it. I was closing at a thirty percent ratio, but I was seeing you know ten people a day. So I was just making sure that I was getting in front of people. And as long as I was getting in front of people, I was selling you know at least you know three four thousand you know maybe five thousand dollars a day. Right. Um, so so I really feel like whenever you apply yourself and you get, you put yourself in front of people or you put the money into Angie Leads or you know, or Facebook or wherever to give you the leads that, that is, that as long as you show up, you'll probably sell them. Do you, you, know, do you think two or three? Do you think there's an opportunity to do, I know people kind of talk of the, the SMB roll up or you go and just buy a bunch of pest control companies or franchise, or if you were to say, Hey, I'm going to start a $500 million business. Do you think that's feasible within one of these service industries? Just, just to buy a 500, Wait, sorry. Or sorry, sorry, say that. through fran- a, a franchising, rolling them up yeah. and buying them, or maybe just scaling out nationally. I'm always intrigued at what you think. You know, is there an upper limit that you max out on because of whatever reason you think you know a service industry might not be that scalable, or do you think there's an opportunity for that? Um, I think there's an opportunity for that. Um, however, I did just have a you know a friend reach out. Well, so, so actually, it was somebody on Twitter. You know, um, and they reached out to me and we kind of did the math on like if they should buy an insulation company or if they should just start their own, you know, and I was like, start your own 100 percent, 
You yeah. know, I mean, I invested uh, $20,000 into the startup of, of Superior Attic and I had my money back in like three days. So, <laughs> you know, so, days. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like just on revenue alone, uh, you know, I had matched it already anyway. And then it was like, it was like two weeks until I had my money back. And, you know, I finally pulled my initial investment out of that bank account and wow. just paid myself back. So, I mean, Damn. I, yeah, I just don't, don't, don't see the point if, uh, if, 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 if you kind of already know the process anyway, I think if you don't know the process, it's good to go, you know, maybe the franchise route because they'll teach it all to you. They'll give you all the tools you need. Damn. That's cool. John, this was definitely a hell of a conversation and then lived up to the hype of what I at least had for the episode in my head. Um, I want, I know for a fact people are like, every time we have a guest on who comes in and brings the heat like this, they get hit up afterwards for questions and stuff like that. So if people are listening to this and want to ask you anything like regarding businesses, you know, your exit. Uh, so Twitter at Jonathan M. Rivera. Awesome. Thanks for coming on to the chat today, John. Yeah. Thanks guys. 